0: What's New With You Week is brought to you by Aftershocks. Welcome to the final episode in this seven-day, seven-episode, seven-guest series. We've heard from Kara Goucher, we've heard from Allie Kiefer, we've heard from your hungry runner girl, and so many more. And today, to wrap up What's New With You Week, I have for you the return of the all-time most downloaded episode of the Alley on the Run show, Sarah Sellers who is Sarah Sellers? That's what everyone was asking after the unknown, unsponsored runner from Arizona took second place at the 2018 Boston Marathon. But now we know. She's a hardworking nurse anesthetist and she's no longer unknown or unsponsored. So what's Sarah been up to since April? Well, she's $75,000 richer thanks to her second place finish in Boston. She's officially a sponsored runner, thanks to Ultra, and she's as kind and humble as she was on that fateful, ridiculously rainy day a few months ago. Let's hear from Sarah. All right, Sarah Sellers, welcome back to the Alley on the Run show. It's great to have you back. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me back on. All right, before we get into all the good, fun stuff, remind everyone who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Um, I'm Sarah Sellers. I got second in the Boston
1: Marathon this year, kind of unexpectedly, um, by everyone, including myself. (laughs) Um, I'm a nurse anesthetist, and I'm currently living in Arizona. I'm from Utah, originally.
0: And you just finished doing a workout in 100-degree heat, so no big deal. Yeah, that's that's what I get for sleeping in on my day off, you know. Well, as you should, though, you've had a whirlwind couple months, and that's what we're going to talk about. So the last time you were on the show was in April, and I think we talked like a day or two after that incredible second place finish at Boston. So I want to talk about the aftermath. What was it like in those days and weeks following Boston?
1: Yeah, it was was really crazy. I think... um I'm not sure if it was crazier to me, like, the fact that I finished second or, like, the response to finishing second. Like, it was – I was totally floored. Um, I, I kind of thought – my husband and I both thought that, like, 24 hours after the race that people would forget about it and, like, everything would go on as normal. And we thought that for the first day and then the first week and then the first couple weeks. And it fir- and finally I got kind of comfortable for – I don't know. It was, like, several weeks of just – kind of craziness I mean it was really exciting but it was um, it was kind of crazy trying to get back to my job full-time and then back into training and
0: yeah it was kind of a lot to juggle initially so was it mostly just a lot of like media requests and interviews
1: yeah exactly
0: and what was the like funnest coolest or most exciting or surprising one who were you like most shocked to hear from
1: uh, there was a lot of interest from in BBC, um, especially with the London Marathon following the week after Boston. Um, so I, you know, wasn't thinking there would be any like international interest, uh, but there were several interviews besides BBC internationally that I was pretty shocked by. I got to help participate um, in a little interview during the London Marathon broadcast. So that was pretty cool.
0: That's awesome. And tell me about the reaction from fellow runners. Like all of the pros were, you know, I I just remember Kara Goucher being like, get this girl on Twitter. We need you on Instagram. And like, I specifically remember Kara, like going all in on Sarah Sellers. So tell me what the reaction was like from some of the pros.
1: Yeah, I mean, Kara was huge, I mean, and, you know, that was really um, probably one of the coolest things to me, because I've looked up to her for years, I mean, I've read articles about her since I was just starting running, so she's um, a hero of mine, so that was pretty cool, and then, yeah, just a lot of, um, you know, these women that I look up to um, really reached out and were super supportive and encouraging, and like, uh, Desi Linden. She, um, I saw her at the New York mini 10 K. She ran there as well. And, uh, she's just so down to earth and supportive. And I mean, that's been really cool to see.
0: Yeah. Well, we know you're a nurse anesthetist, as you mentioned. So when you returned to work and you got back after Boston, did your coworkers and colleagues grasp kind of the awesomeness of what had happened? Like, I don't know how, how many runners do you work with or what was the reaction when you got back to work?
1: Yeah. The reaction from my coworkers was pretty awesome. Um, the first day I got back, they had like a chocolate cake for breakfast. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> um, I mean, they just made posters and everyone was super excited and, um, I mean, there were some of my coworkers that thought I wasn't going to come back to work after. (laughs) So like at all, like
0: you were going to quit your job and retire. Yeah.
1: Like, exactly. I I was just going to, yeah, totally quit. So yeah, it's, uh, and there's been a a lot of patients that have recognized me and that always like throws me for a loop because it's always unexpected. Um, and yeah, when it happens, like it takes me a minute to like get my bearings. And I feel like I have like two separate roles, like as a runner and a, as a nurse anesthetist. And so it always like, I don't know, throws me off a little bit.
0: It's so cool. And tell me about recovering physically from Boston, because obviously it was such a, the weather that day was so insane. And I remember when you were on the show, you said at that point, which it had only been like a day or two, you said so far you felt really good because you didn't necessarily run as hard as you might have if the weather were better, which to me is just baffling because you ran such an amazing race. But oh. tell me about the the physical recovery after Boston and how that went.
1: Yeah, I mean, I actually felt uh, pretty drastically less sore than I did after my first marathon. Um, I think I had talked about before, the, like my first marathon had like 4,000 feet elevation drop. So my quads and hamstrings after that race were just like, Destroyed like I could not physically run for like 10 days like I tried I couldn't I couldn't physically run for like 10 days after that race Uh, Boston like I was running, you know the next day after and sore, but um, I think probably the biggest physical challenge was um, in the two weeks after Boston my sleep and eating was like so off from what it should have been to recover And I didn't, that was just kind of my last priority. I was trying to juggle, like I said, like getting back to work and all these like interviews and things that I'm just not used to. And so I realized like, I don't know, a week and a half after Boston that I probably wasn't going to recover well if I wasn't taking care of my body. Um, So I think that kind of prolonged the recovery a little bit.
0: And we know that with your second place finish, that as a reminder, your goal was to finish top 15, because then you would have gotten $1,500, right? That was if yeah, you exactly. got 15th. And of course, you got exactly. second with that was $75,000. And when we talked, you were like, oh, savings, whatever. You had no big, exciting plans. Have you done anything fun with any of the prize money?
1: Yeah, so um, I, I'm i Mormon, so I paid 10% of it. Um, to my church which was pretty great and then um I've kind of split up the rest of it between um majority going towards student loans and then because to me like that is exciting and fun oh, yeah but, you know we, yeah we've had like this plan of how like how long it's going to take us to knock him out and so it's cool to yeah put a big chunk of that towards those and then uh yeah, we haven't, honestly, like, my husband is working, he's a resident in orthopedic surgery, so he's he's working so many hours that we haven't, like, taken a trip or anything, but um, it's nice that there's, like, I don't know, I, I feel like I can, <laughs> I can justify, like, little indulgences a little bit more, like, I can buy smoked salmon at Costco and not feel <laughs> bad, or, like, buy whatever blueberries I want or, I don't know. Like little <laughs> I love things that. like that.
0: I remember reading an interview. I feel like it was with like Jennifer Lawrence or Taylor Swift or something. And they were, someone asked like, when was the moment you knew you had made it as an actress? And she was like, when I went to a hotel and actually took something from the mini bar. Cause it's like, oh, you know, those candy awesome. bars are like $8 and they're like, exactly. I don't know about you, but I was raised by parents who were like, you do not touch that mini bar. And it's like, exactly. and that was her thing. is she was like, yeah, like I got a Snickers bar or something. So I absolutely think that's get awesome. the blueberries, get the smoked salmon, get all the good stuff. I'm all for that. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. And then tell me about, so with the 10% that you said you paid to the church, I know that and I could get this wrong. So by all means, correct me, but that in Mormonism and the church of Latter-day Saints, you generally give 10% of your income, right? To the church. So with the prize money, was that something that you had to do or was that something that you wanted to do?
1: Um, something I wanted to do. Yeah. It's, I mean, it still is income. And so, I mean, we're never forced to do that by any means. Yeah. It was definitely a choice, but, um, you know, there's a lot of really cool things that our church does, like, humanitarian-wise, worldwide. So um, it's pretty cool to know that they're, they're very careful with what we donate. And I know that's going to um, help a lot of people.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That's got to feel good, too, to be able to make a good, solid donation. I love that. All right, so a yeah, big sure. thing that people were talking about after Boston was that you know, of course, there was the Who is Sarah Sellers? How many places use that as their headline? We saw it everywhere. But then the other big part of that was that you were this unsponsored runner, which was like shocking. So you have since announced that you signed with Ultra. So I want to hear all about that process. Yeah. I want to know why you chose Ultra. And after Boston, what was the process like? Were you reaching out to companies? Were they coming to you? And can you walk me through how that played out?
1: Yeah. So it was kind of both. Um, there were some companies that reached out to me directly. And, um, then there were some that, um, uh, I was just kind of wanting to know what all the options were. Um, and you know, everyone that I talked to from different companies were all, you know, pretty excited, supportive. And I totally understand where they're coming from. I, the more, majority of, um, the shoe sponsorships were like, totally confused of how to handle me because (laughs) which I get, because it's like I've had this one crazy race and then, you know, nothing in the past several years. And then like, how do they even go about, um, knowing what to do with me? Um, and Alter was one that, um, came to me directly. And it's actually a Utah based company. And they like, as a brand, um, just, I felt the most comfortable with, um, you know, some of their other athletes that they've sponsored and just, um, their image as a company, you know, they're kind of, they started out as like a trail shoe company, but now, um, they've, you know, make some great road shoes and great racing shoes. And, um, I don't know, it was pretty, pretty cool that, um, it, it felt like, you know, almost like a, I don't know, to sound weird, but like a, a family type thing, like, um, it was just, they they were willing to, any, anyone who's sponsoring me is taking a risk because it's like, is this the only race I'm ever going to do good in in my entire life? Like, that's that's a risk. But um, I think Ultra kind of saw me as a whole person and um, they're willing to take a risk not only in, you know, is she ever going to have a great race again, but just realizing like um, they wanted to support me as a person in chasing my dreams. So that's kind of why I went with them.
0: And did you have someone helping you navigate all this? Like, do you have an agent or a manager? Or how were you kind of figuring all this stuff out?
1: Yeah, so uh, Bob Wood is my agent. and it, it, it sounds weird to even say my agent. Like, <laughs> um, that's, yeah, kind of a foreign concept. But um, he's been really great in just navigating, like, all the questions that I have no idea what to do with.
0: And is he someone that you started working with after Boston? Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. No, that was yeah totally after Boston.
0: And how did you navigate that? Did you Google like good running agents in Arizona or like did someone yeah. recommend him? How did that work?
1: Yeah my coach recommended him. Okay. He was my um, the agent for my coach and um, a lot of fellow uh, teammates that I have stayed in contact with.
0: Perfect well congratulations that's so exciting and Ultra is an amazing company. I love those people over there. Let's take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. Okay, I did not run the Boston Marathon this year, but if you did, or if you were out cheering like a superstar, you know that it was a wet day out there. So I have to assume most people who chose to run with headphones that day had a bit of a rough time. But if, say, you were smart enough to run with a pair of Aftershocks wireless headphones, you would have been just fine. That's because Aftershocks headphones are sweat-resistant and weather-resistant, and they're tough enough to withstand even the gnarliest race day conditions. I sweat slightly more than the average sumo wrestler, and my Aftershocks have stuck by me. They don't give up when it's too hot, too cold, too windy, or too rainy, which is a good reminder that I shouldn't give up then either. If you're tough enough to brave the elements, which I know you are, you need headphones that are as tough as you are. So go to ontherun.aftershocks.com for $55 off your Aftershocks wireless headphone bundle, which includes the wireless headphones of your choice, a branded shoe bag, a sport belt, and a water bottle. Now let's get back to Sarah Sellers. And can you explain to me what exactly, you know, once you navigated all that, what does your sponsorship entail? What does that look like? It's pretty...
1: um trying to think how to put it, like it's not super structured in terms of, um, you know, obviously I'm going to be running in all shoes and all gear and they'll, you know, support me at races and that type of thing. And, um, beyond that, it's really just, um, I think a partnership of me trying to represent them as a company and then them supporting me as I like chase after some big goals,
0: Right, and do you have to run a certain number of races, like in the calendar year? Uh,
1: yes, it's but it's pretty. Um, that's that's another thing that's pretty cool. Is their um, contract was a lot. Um, I feel like supported me, like I said, as a athlete and as a person, um, and not so much about you know if you don't run these times, you're going to get cut this mm-hmm. amount or that type of thing. So.
0: Yeah, so a little less pressure there, which I actually want to talk about. So after Boston, that race really put you on the map. Everyone was talking about Sarah Sellers after the fact. I want to know mentally what that's like. Does that add pressure or stress, or do you kind of tune that side of it out?
1: Yeah, it's been really interesting. Um, I feel like I've waffled a bit. Like um, Sometimes I feel like there's this huge amount of pressure, and it's a little bit intimidating, Um, but when I – Really take a step back and realize. Like first, I don't think anyone could put more pressure on me than I put on myself. Like that would be a hard <laughs> thing to do. Um, and then second, I feel like I kind of see this that I'm in it for the long haul. Like you know, I I went out and raced the 10K at um, the New York Mini and um, didn't have a terrible race, but didn't really have a great race. Wasn't super happy with it. And um, I know races like that are going to happen. And Um, you know, I, I look at runners like, um, Stephanie Bruce, you know, just won the Peachtree 10k and she's had a phenomenal season and like, she's an example of someone who really has had a long-term progression and it's taken years. And so in some ways, like it's intimidating because I feel like Boston was kind of a glimpse into the future. I hope, um, where it's like, you know, this, I have a lot of potential and, um, hopefully can do some cool things in the sport, um, but realistically, like, it's it's going to take time, and um, I think I'm finally, like, a, th- a few months out of Boston, I'm finally comfortable saying, like, I know it's going to be a long process, and I'm ready for that, like, I'm ready for the good races and the bad races and all the hard work in between.
0: Oh, that's such a good outlook. So you mentioned being in new york city for the mini 10k which was so fun i ran that race yeah. too i was probably like oh, awesome. a full 30 minutes behind you but oh <laughs> no <that's awesome. laughs> it was a great day uh but you ran the race it, it was really exciting that you were there des was there and krista Duchesne, who came in third at boston and afterward yeah. the three of you did a meet and greet after the race and the line of people waiting to meet the three of you was longer than like all the pre-race porta potty lines combined and at a women's race those lines are really really long so tell me what that's like a you know being invited to come to that race and then tell me about after the fact when there's this line of thousands of women who want to meet you yeah I mean just super crazy like
1: I said I can't um I can't decide what was crazier, finishing second at Boston or just the response to finishing second. And that was one of those examples of, like, I was just floored by the amount of support. And, um, and granted, you know, Des and Tatiana McFadden, um, they were there too. So I know a lot of, like, a lot of the women lining up were there to meet them, <laughs> which was, you know, they're really amazing athletes and they should be lining up for them. But I think, you know, it's the amount of support... At meet and greets and on social media um, has kind of shown me that I feel like there's a lot of people who um, can relate a lot to my story, and um, you know, there's a lot of hardworking men and women out there that are, um, you know, holding down full-time jobs and still trying to um, chase dreams in their sport.
0: Yeah, and your full-time job is like super badass and very demanding, as much well, mentally as physically. I have to imagine so. You know, with a lot of these pro runners, they get invited to come to the mini and that's what they do. That's their job. But for you, you have to like take time off of work. So what is that like? Is your employer pretty understanding or is is that a challenge and something you have to balance? How's that working out?
1: Yeah, they've been really supportive. So um, I'm adjusting. I haven't actually made the transition yet, but I'm adjusting to like one less day a week. Um, to try to balance out training a little better, and as far as like making it to races and things, um, I was pretty nervous about that because you know in the healthcare field like we get our schedules like two months in advance, and if I'm I can't just you know a few weeks before be like oh I'm not going to show up on these days like can someone cover me like that's kind of a big deal. So I feel like my coworkers my and my managers have been juggling it just like I've been juggling it, and they've they've really been supportive and, um, so I'm super appreciative of that.
0: Yeah. That's gotta be really helpful. So tell me what else in general, what else have you been up to since Boston? We've touched on the running stuff. Any other life updates or what's, what's new, what's going on?
1: Yeah, I guess, uh, well, the weather in Tucson has changed. Like I said, (laughs) I feel like that's a, another factor that plays in is, um, like if I don't get my, sorry, hide out the door in the morning, then it's a hundred (laughs) degrees when I'm running. Um, but really, I guess big changes, honestly, I think I'm finally like settling back into somewhat of a routine. Um, and it's a little bit of adjusted routine. I've, like I said, I'm adjusting my work schedule and, um, trying not to make huge drastic life changes, but just make some adjustments that, um, I feel like leading up to Boston, um, I was kind of in survival mode, like the house was always a mess and I wasn't really making dinners and, you know, we were eating scrambled eggs for dinner every day and that type of thing. And I don't know, after, since Boston, like I'm trying to dedicate um, a lot more of myself and my time to um, pursuing running because I know if I if I try to keep up what I was doing before Boston, I 100% know I'm going to be injured. Like it's not a sustainable way of training um so just trying to make adjustments to balance that out better
0: and speaking of training are you training for anything specific right now any fall marathons or big races coming up
1: yes i'm uh training i'm gonna do the desert news 10k in utah in a few couple weeks and then um i'm gonna definitely do a fall marathon um haven't um specifically announced which one yet but hopefully uh Yeah, do a fall marathon and then um, a couple, like, half marathons leading up to that.
0: Yay, well, we all look forward to that announcement. And then in 2019, so when you ran Boston this year in 2018, you said, you know, you time qualified to run with the group you ran with and you got in like a, you know, if normal is a word, like a normal runner. Yeah. So for 2019, do you, like have to make sure you run another Boston qualifying time? Like, do you have to run a fall marathon for that? Or are you are you good to go with entry for 2019?
1: Yeah, I think I'm good to go with entry, okay. which is, is nice. Yeah, I hope I think so. It's good. Thank
0: you. <laughs> All right, so then just the big money question, which we touched on a bit here, but what's next for Sarah Sellers? Big goals and dreams.
1: Um, I'd say the long-term goal right now, which still isn't super long-term, but long-term right now is... Um, the Olympic trials in 2020, um, you know, I feel like I haven't really done any big racing since Boston. Um, and i have been out of the racing scene for so long that right now I'm kind of looking around at some of the performances that the U S women have been running the last few weeks and I could, I could start listing them, but it's just insane. Like how incredible like U S women are doing on the, um, on the international stage, um, in running, so I think um, you know, I'm trying to take things one day at a time and really just focus on getting all the little things right, like getting better sleep, better nutrition, and um, ultimately staying healthy and putting in some good marathons leading up to the trials, and then trying to have the best performance I can at the trials. And, and that would
0: be in the marathon, right, for the trials? Yeah,
1: exactly. Huh?
0: Love it. That's an awesome goal. Well, I will be rooting for you all the way there. And before I let you you go, tell me, we kind of end things now with like a little confidence boost because it makes me feel good. So I want you to tell me and everyone listening and yourself, tell me three things that you love about yourself. I think I'm not afraid to work hard.
1: And I love learning from everyone, whether or not they're more or less educated or faster, or slower, or whatever it is. I think everyone has valuable knowledge that I can learn from. And then I think I'm, I try to be pretty empathetic like with my patients and with other runners and um, that type of thing.
0: Awesome. Those are three wonderful things. Sarah, thank you so much for coming back on the alley on the run show. It's always a pleasure chatting with you and I wish you all the best and a very fun and fast future. Thank
1: you so much. Alice. It's
0: fun to talk to you again. And that's a wrap on what's new with you week on the Alley on the Run show. Thank you so much for joining me as we caught up with these seven amazing women. If you loved these episodes and you're enjoying the show every week, I would so appreciate it if you would take a few minutes to leave a rating and review for the show on iTunes or wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. The show is growing and that is thanks in part to your support. So thank you. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at alleyontherun the Run 1 and on the Alley on the Run Facebook page. Thanks again to Aftershocks for sponsoring What's New With You Week. Remember to go to ontherun.aftershocks.com to get $55 off your wireless headphone bundle. Now pretend someone's going to call you in four months and ask what you've been up to. Go out and do something that's going to impress them. And thanks for joining me on the run.